When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode one of Grumpy Old Reds, a Nottingham Forest podcast for the fans, by the fans. In today's episode, we will be talking about the breaking news of Dean Henderson not wanting to return to Manchester United. But will his destination be Nottingham Forest or will he end up elsewhere? We'll be covering off the players leaving in the January transfer window and can Forest afford to lose them? Following that, we'll touch on our latest, greatest Brazilian signing in Gustavo Scarpa, or as the Palmeiras fans would call him, Scarpinia. We'll be covering off his move and the impact he will cause on Nottingham Forest. We will look forward to the next friendly match we will be against our sister club, Olympiacos, and we'll talk about how and what we want to see out of this match. So sit back, relax and get comfortable and get ready for a lot of talk about Nottingham Forest. I'll introduce myself. I'm Wolverine, a Forest fan for 30 years or so. You may know me from my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Wolverine. Let's bring on the rest of the grumpy old Reds and we'll start with Forest Ant. Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm Ant, known as Forest Ant for some reason. I appear on the odd YouTube channel now and again. And I've been a Forest fan since about 1960-something, so quite a while. And I'm not grumpy, really. Okay, right. Well, I'll carry on from that. He is grumpy, and that's why we na- we actually named the podcast after him. And we're just... Uh, me and, and old. Let's not forget the old. But that's it. But, um, yeah, we didn't want to... But mainly it. a man. <laughs> <laughs> mainly a red that's what i was going to say mainly a red we're mainly reds we're all reds but um uh, my name's ez you might know me as ez sense which is on my twitter tag and youtube i've also got uh my own channel forest fans hub on youtube which you can uh join me once a week with uh joe and we do our own show and i'm also often on uh wolverine's youtube channel as well so you can see me around um 
Forest fan since the mid eighties. Um, yeah, so I've I've been lucky enough to see us play under Brian Clough, and uh, lovely to see us back in the Premier League after all this time. So uh, yeah, looking forward to this new show, my friend. Well, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. I want to start with the breaking news on Dino. Dean Henderson has come out about his future and he's basically made it crystal clear he does not want to return back to Manchester United, which I think is quite interesting. I think I feel like that writing was on the wall after he did that interview earlier in the season with Talk Sport. But what I want to kind of discuss with you guys is the bit about where he's going to end up because he didn't indicate necessarily that Forrest is his destination. And I feel like he's he basically, by saying that, is saying he wants to remain in the Premier League. So I don't know if that means if we're still in the Premier League, he'll stay with us, or is he just looking for another club and using us as a as a showpiece kind of um, season? Well, what do you boys think about the breaking news on that? Uh, um, yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, from what I can see, uh, obviously we just got limited reports and not really from the most um, the most uh, useful source. Um, but uh, I think he's basically putting himself in the shop window, which was what he was doing with this season anyway. Um, and I think he's hedging his bets. I would, I would hope that if we stayed up, but we'd be his first. Uh, choice destination but you just never know and I think by say not committing to um going to any club which you can't really do at the moment anyway um all mm. we do clearly seem to know and like you said alluded to with his interview earlier on in the season um he clearly doesn't want to be going back to Man U. so if we're in the Premier League I think we've got a very good chance because he's he's certainly become a fan's favorite um someone that we've all uh, praise throughout this season at various intervals and um, certainly somebody who's settled into the club really well so I don't uh, I don't think that if we do stay up that it'd be too far-fetched to think that we'd be the club that he'd go to but yeah, we have to do our part and obviously hopefully he's going to help us achieve that along the way. You said in there a few times as if we stay up if we stay up yeah what if we were to go down now we ain't going down no chance but could you see him not going to Forest if we went down? Do you re- do you think, as I think, that that's the kind of caveat for this? We've got to stay up for him to stay. I believe so. I believe he's um, from what he said and the way he's behaved, he's such a confident young man. And he's coming to a point of his career where what he wanted was to be nailing down the first team spot at Man United. Now, it hasn't happened there. Mm. I wouldn't think that now he'd want to drop out of the Premier League uh, I, f- I think if he's got the chance to stay in the Premier League and go to a top club, which I think there'd be clubs definitely in for him, um, then you, you can't blame him, really. And I don't, I just don't see it being part of his uh, progression, dropping down to the Championship. So let's hope that's not even a, uh, you know, uh, a, a situation. Exactly. But, but um, from his confidence and what he where he is in his career, I would assume that he'd want to stay in the Premier League. And on your thoughts on it, and I just want to add something else in there, because I've been thinking about this since I've been reading these reports. Like, if if he wasn't to go, let's say Forrest stayed up. Yeah, well, when Forrest stay up, we'll put it like that. Even if he wanted to go elsewhere, 
and let's just for you know for argument's sake say he was open to the idea of it i can't think of many clubs in the premier league who haven't got a settled keeper in the top teams that maybe he would target do you think there's any specific clubs that would match his expectations or do you think forest would be his destination as long as we're in the premier league next year yeah, well, first of all, I'm not even entertaining the thought of us going down. It's not at all in my thoughts. Um, but uh, if we were, then there's no chance he'd stay. Not zero chance he'd stay. However, as we're not going down, and providing we have a, a decent end to the season, which I believe we will, I think there's every chance he'd be happy to stay at Forest. Um, he appears to be very settled. He's very passionate you know you can yeah. see that in his play yeah. Yeah. um i can't see any reason why he wouldn't want to come to forest i think that we'd certainly want him um i mean that's that's proven by the fact that we let Bruce, my hero Samba. Yeah, Samba. Yeah, Samba. My hero, yeah i mean that to me you know shows that henderson was the, the guy we wanted um so i think that there's every chance that he would stay if we were to, well, when we stay up. Uh, as for the teams that would want him, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any, but I'm sure there would be offers. Um, but he's, he's, you know, he, he would by then be settled at Forest. He would be number one. He would be settled. He would know the players around him. And I don't see any reason why he'd want to go anywhere else, unless it was some, but none of the like big six are going to go for him. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you get below the once you get below the big six, you know, let's be frank, it's much of a muchness. So why leave, you know, double European champions? You know, it doesn't make sense, does it? But there's a few kind of counterpoints. I I want to look at it from the other side, and there is a good chunk of the fan base who are not happy with his distribution, for example. We we hear that a lot when we run the forums uh, on YouTube and everything else. But um where, where do you guys stand on his distribution? Because a lot of people prefer Hennessy's distribution, for example. Um, but where do you guys sit on the distribution? Do you think it's an issue? Do you understand the fans' issues with it? Well, or certain parts of the fan base, should I say? How, how do you feel about it, Ez? Yeah, I think um, from what we've seen, um, um, Ant and myself have been lucky enough to get to all the home games this season. So we, you see... Uh, See it obviously. Uh, see more nuances in the game when you're there in, uh, during a live uh, performance. But I think it's dipped. You know, it started off re his distribution. We're talking about in particular. It started off very decent. You know, very good to begin with. And then he seemed to go through a little bit of a spell where it was shocking. Particularly, um, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, games against uh, Leicester City away, Fulham at home where his distribution was shocking. The amount of times he'd kicked the ball straight out of play was something that we'd not really seen before and certainly not seen from uh, Dino himself this season. So it has been up and down in general. And we've only seen Hennessy in a competitive game on one occasion. And yes, it was decent. Um, but to say it's that much better than Dean Henderson's, I'm not sure that's the case. I think he's somebody that we should stick with. He's certainly become a fan's favourite, like I mentioned. Um, and there are, there's always going to be people who, who find something to criticise. You know, even our best player is going to find some crit critics out there amongst Forest fans. So I wouldn't pay too much attention to the criticism he's receiving because I, I think he's he's been 
vital in some of the, many of the points that we've actually accumulated so far this season. Is this West Ham re- comes to mind, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. West Ham, um, the Liverpool game, absolutely. Yeah. After, you know, uh, securing us those extra points by making those saves at vital times in the game as well, where it shifted the in the West Ham game, it shifted the game. You know, it totally went in our favour after that. We pretty much almost went up the other end after that save and scored. But um, I think with his dist- going back to his distribution, I think he's had good good spells and bad spells throughout the season. So it has been inconsistent, uh, and that's the best thing I can say about it. But I think that's probably his part of his game that he needs to work on the most. Um, but it's something that he can definitely work on. So I would like to see him stay with us and like Ant said I don't think if we go down but there's really going to be uh, much issue with him staying with us I think uh, if we stay up sorry beg your pardon but there's any going to be any issue with him staying with us so I think uh, that's something that he can work on his distribution and he will get better throughout the season and do you think it's fair criticism on the distribution or would you lay some of the blame towards the defence for not, say, opening themselves up or anything like that? Or or are you happy with his distribution? Well, first of all, I'd like to give props to Hennessy. I think I honestly struggle to think of a better number two anyway. I'm, I'm happy with him as our number two. Yeah. I think he's a good goalkeeper, good distribution. Is he happy as a number two, do you think? So, hmm. I think at he his is. Age, Premier, yeah. is, it, is it, at his age, Premier League, I would say he probably is because I don't think he's necessarily going to be number one in, anywhere in the Premier League. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I think he probably is satisfied where he is. He's going to play in cup games and stuff like that, isn't he? As regards Endo's distribution, Man U fans wanted De Gea out and Endo in for one reason and one reason only, distribution. Mm-hmm. And what people sometimes fail to see, in my mind, is that they don't look at the defence or the midfield. They don't look at the players that are making themselves available to receive the ball. And I've seen Endo on a lot of occasions get the ball, look up, and everybody's hiding. Everybody's standing next to somebody. He made a point himself of saying how much he loves to play with Mangala because Mangala comes for the ball. He comes away from his marker and asks for the ball. Endo can give it him. If you can't give it to somebody, what are your options? You'll have none. So I think it's... And mm-hmm. just on that, mm-hmm. I mean, you've said it before as well. There's been plenty of times where when he's punted the ball forward, he's just punted out of play for a throw-in, hasn't he? Yeah. It's like, surely the kicking, if you're going to go long. I know what you're play, saying. Yeah, I, yeah I, I can agree with that. But maybe he's trying to find somebody on the wing yeah. and just not finding yeah. them. I, think, I, think I mean, Bree Samba, Bree Samba was fantastic at kicking it out to the wing. You know, but that's, you know. Yeah. Listen, he's a good goalkeeper. He has got good distribution. He's not Edison, you know, with his distribution. Mm-hmm. So, just accept it. Yeah, he's a good. He's, he's good. He's, he's our he's our number one goalkeeper, and he's an excellent goalkeeper. I, f- I think Ant's made a couple of decent caveats here that we should really um, explore a bit more because there are putting into what I said about the distribution in those particular games, the Leicester game and uh, Fulham game, sprang to mind. The other criticism I had, and please, guys, if you do get a chance, go back over our uh, Forest Fund um, uh, podcast that we've been Forum. doing on forums. Yeah, sorry, that we've done on Wolverine's channel, where I did mention that exactly what Anne said, there, that the players were hiding, the midfield were hiding in those games. They, yeah. they weren't m- making it easy for um, 
Henderson to make those passes, certainly not throws and short kicks. He had to go long on a couple of occasions. So that's definitely a caveat that he can throw into that. And the other thing is that we kind of been spoiled for the last few seasons with Bree Samba because his distribution was so good. Whether it was with his um, feet or with his throws, he, his was one of the best that we've seen at City Ground for many a year. So I think we kind of got a little bit spoiled by that. And um, that's the one thing that uh, we're missing more than anything from Bree Samba. So I think, yeah, throwing those two in, that, that gives kind of gives him an excuse. Um, but yeah, I do agree that, you know, there's times when we haven't, the midfield and the uh, outfield players haven't made it easy for Dean Henderson to find them. So he's had to go long at times and that's where he's been found lacking. Well, let me put you on the spot, which is why you're on the subject of Samba. Would you take Samba or would you take Hendo? If I if had the choice right now, to go in, uh, you know what? Um, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I was just thinking about it. And uh, I, you know what? I take Samba back. I, I really, I really think he would have. I mean, and that was probably the reason behind it. But once they knew that Dean Henderson was available, they didn't try to keep Samba at all, which is a real shame because I think he deserved better. I do, uh, I, I do still feel bad about the way. It was. It's been reported that he was treated. I, I think that was wrong for for what he did. And let's let's be brutally honest. And we all know that we wouldn't have got through that um, Sheffield United semi final playoff semi final without Samba putting in the performance of his one of the performances of his entire career with Forest. That was an amazing um, feeling coming out of that game, and purely because of how he kept us in that game. So I would take. Do, <laughs> Answer your question quickly. Um, yeah, I would take Samba. I would say if I was given a fifty, if I was given this <laughs> choice now, I'd go with Samba. Actually, so you bigged up Hendo, but <laughs> Samba's still your boy. I love Samba. And where are you on this? It's, it's an interesting one, and you know, I'd be interested to on the viewers' thoughts as well when they're listening in on this, because it is yeah. divisive. Which way are you swinging at? Yeah, it's very difficult because Samba is what. Even though I forgot his name earlier on, he is one of my absolute heroes. I mean. I love the guy, you know, every aspect of him, his personality, his ability, everything about him. However, I would keep Henderson. Henderson's the future. Okay. Brees, well, could be the future. Brees is um, prone to make a mistake, whereas I I don't think I've seen Hendo make a mistake. Mm, Um, I'd agree with that. Brees also can lose it a little bit. You know, we know that mm. it's part of his personality. You can lose his red card. His his red card last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, also, we've seen Brees tested against Championship level, and believe mm. you me, the difference between the quality of Premiership strikers and midfielders is astronomical compared with the Championship. There is no comparison. It's a different beast, and we've not seen Samba do it. Not saying he can't. But if you ask me right now, I would go for Hendo because of his experience in the Premiership, Premier League, and his coolness, um, and it, and he also he does have passion and, and personality as well. So I, I would that against Liverpool, yeah. But uh, let me ask you this then: Do you think Samba would have be, been beaten as many times as Hendo has been from outside of the box this season? Yeah, I do because you know what. I've been at those games and the goals we've conceded from outside the box have been worldies. No goalkeeper would have saved them. 
Yeah, I've got to agree. Do you agree with that? We have actually actually been quite lucky this season. You know, if you look at the XG, the goals that we've had against us, the XG is minute Mm. because they've been worldies. They've been 25 yards top corner curled in, which normally don't tell it. I agree. I agree. So we've actually I, been unlucky this season with the goals we've conceded. From I don't think we've been unlucky. I no, we think, have. I, I, I think no, we have. Because, because XG shows you that. XG no, shows you. Would you expect that player to score from that position? And the answer is no. True. Uh, yeah. they have do, you know why, do you know why the answer is no? Because yeah, I know. Closing down, all this bullshit. But the yes. fact of the matter is, I agree with that, but that's not the goalkeeper's responsibility, is it? The goalkeeper's responsibility is not to defend 25 yards out. I ain't you saying that, the goalkeeper, I ain't saying you? that. I didn't no, you say are that. Saying, you are no, saying that. No, I was talking about the word unlucky. Yeah, to say we've been unlucky. It is unlucky. XG proves it. No, it would be unlucky if someone closed them down in certain instances no, 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 no. and then it we've deflected lucky, off we, We've been unlucky that the shots taken have gone into the top corner of the net. We've not been unlucky that we've given the chance to do that. You can't change that's the that's where the, the, the failure is. The failure is giving them a chance to take that shot. Once they've hit that shot, not many of them go in. But against us, they all have. Okay. Yeah, but that wasn't the argument I was making. No, I, I think, think I agree. I think I kind of agree with uh, Wolverine's argument on this one. That we, I don't care because you're wrong as well. Though. <laughs> okay, well, well, <laughs> well, two against one. Um, but yeah, I, I think we, I think we've given them the opportunities. Yes, the yeah. goals have been worldies. I have no doubt about, it, and I agree with that. Well, I, I, I we're talking about the goalkeeper. We're talking about. But the I'm just going to get onto that point. I was just going to get onto that point. I don't believe that uh, Dean, Dean Henson could have saved any of those shots. I don't think he was at fault for those. I think the defense, or any goalkeeper. Uh, or I think, the, yeah, or any other goalkeeper could have saved those. Uh, I, I think we're at fault. The defence were at fault. The midfield were at fault for not closing it down, but not not the goalkeeper for uh, the goals going in. I think there were uh, certainly the ones we've seen um, live. Um, they were absolute worldies. Yeah, you, you know, you'd, you'd be hard pressed to blame the goalkeeper. But there's only two that I could assign small amounts of responsibility. That'd be Madison's free kick for Leicester mm-hmm. being done on his his side. Yeah. Because if you watch it back, he takes a step to the right to kind of cheat the wall, so to speak. And a jump to the yeah. left. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree that one. Yeah. His positioning and was then bad. Maybe, maybe um Ashley Young's one. But he was a bit blinded by I can't remember who the defender was. I was going that Ashley Young goal. But Ashley, yeah, no the chance. Ashley Young one, honestly, man. Right. No chance. Didn't even realise it had gone no, in. Uh, and that, that's yeah. my, sorry, but that is perfectly proves my point. Ashley Young has never and will never score a goal like that again. It was a world class goal from 30 yards out that screamed into yeah. the bottom of the yeah. net. That's what I'm saying about XG and now it's you can't blame the goalkeeper for that because that doesn't normally happen. Yeah. yeah. But that's not what we're arguing. We're arguing the word unlucky. Well, well all right. That, that was the argument. He he's been un- the argument was you said the argument was you said was he responsible for any of the goals? That was the original argument. Yeah, but then you changed the premise. But anyway, all right, we, we digress. As always, we get all grumpy and start arguing amongst ourselves. So. Well, some of us do. Sorry to the viewers, but yeah. you're going to have to get used to this. Um, the the point, uh, the other question I want to ask you to close off on Henderson here, um, the price tag is probably going to be around 25 mil, 20 to 25 mil there or thereabouts. Um, I don't know if we can do the business in January 
I mean, that's something a few people have been asking me. Mm. If we're we definitely convinced on... We don't need to Sorry? do it in January. We don't need to do it in January. I'm saying if we wanted to, if could we, we not do it in January? Yeah, could we put a deal in place? But I don't think... Because I think once the, um, uh, the loan deal's made where there's no uh, option to buy, then I don't think you can... I don't know if you can put it then in, in January. It's something that uh, somebody obviously... Uh... Well, I think if we went and offered Man U 20 million, they'd take it. But what? why we need strength... Uh, that was, that was the initial... That was the initial option, wasn't it? I remember when the deal was first being made, they were talking about the option to buy as 20 mil. Yeah. I don't think Man U would sell for 20 mil, but with Hendo being so determined to leave now, surely that works out in our favour and surely the price has to reflect that. Absolutely. They'll sell for 20 mil. Absolutely, they'll sell for 20 mil. It's a buyer's market. You think twenty mil? Yeah, twenty mil. I think is a, is a decent uh, price for him, to be honest. Um, what he'd be going into his last year of his contract, you know. So I think maybe um, that's pretty much right. Or has he got two? No, he's going to have two years left. No, no, he's got an extension. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he got a extension. I mean, the biggest, the biggest factor is he wants to leave. Yeah, yeah. That's that, it. Doesn't matter on length of contract with that, does it? Yeah, you don't want to keep a player who's like that, and uh, he's. Kind of proven that he can be toxic if he's not given his way, you know. So well, all he's got, all he's got to do is do an interview with Piers Morgan, and he'll be out in no time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then the the caveat to this: Samba looks like he's coming to the Premier League next season. He's been linked with the likes Leicester. of Leicester. Leicester, yeah. He's been linked with one or two other clubs as well. Give him hell. So, yeah, I, I mean. Can Samba come back to England and not play for Forest? I can't see it. Yeah. I hope I don't see it. Yeah. I don't want to see that. No, especially he, not that. Of course he can. He, yeah, I hope he doesn't. Uh, especially not, not down the road to Leicester, mate. No. Uh, he, he better go further away. If he's coming to the Premier League, he needs to go further away than that. <laughs> <laughs> so go, to go to Newcastle, down to Southampton or Brighton, somewhere like that if they manage to stay up. But... Um, it would be a shame. I, I just real think it's a real crying shame that he wasn't given the opportunity because we talked about him and yeah, there was there's two glaring um, moments last season where he made an error during the game and the other one was uh, a bad. You know, he he lost his temper and the two that I'm referring to mm. was a goal against uh, Leicester in the cup where he just came flying out and uh, let, yeah, gave uh, yeah. Ian Archo uh, a, a free, empty goal, basically, and he didn't need to do that. And obviously, the sending off, was it against Luton? Stoke. Was it Stoke? Stoke. Was it Stoke? Stoke. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Stoke at home. Um, and obviously, <clears> that, he, he paid the price for that because uh, Cooper left him out longer than he needed to be, you know, and gave um, Horvath the opportunity, and he proved himself. So, in the games that he did play... He did, he didn't get to play against Liverpool. Obviously, he made a mistake against Leicester and he played well against Arsenal in the FA Cup. So that's the only Premier League opposition he came up against so far. I think he would have done well for us in the Premier League. Like I say, from his, just from his distribution and his confidence point of view, you know, he is a bit of a um, shithouse and, you know, and he's one of those that you'd rather have on your side than against you. And I just wouldn't want to be facing mm. him next season, to be honest. And like I say, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't want to come up against him, to be honest. So uh, I, hope, <laughs> I hope it doesn't come through. Having, having said that, that I would take Henderson over Samba now, that doesn't mean that at the beginning of the season I would have done that. 
I think at the beginning so, of the season, I would okay, like so what, to have been given a chance. So let's say at the beginning of next season, all, all good, we stay up. And we've got the opportunity to sign Samba or Henderson. Who would you go for? That's Henderson. Yeah? Okay. Henderson. Yeah. Stick with Henderson. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd be tempted. I, I would probably agree with Ant on that. I would go Henderson. If Henderson does enough to keep, yeah, if Henderson does well enough to keep us up, obviously he's 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 a top goalkeeper and he will deserve this chance. But um, yeah, I've still yeah, got. I just think you put the right players in front of him. Yeah, and why is he twenty twenty four? Is he twenty five? Yeah, he's come to twenty five, isn't he now? Yeah, young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Keepers go on for a lot longer as well. Yeah. Do cool. All right, so that's the Henderson story wrapped up. I think we'll see how that develops. Obviously, we'll keep you posted on the podcasts. Um, I want to move on to talk about not players who may come in, but players who may leave in January. And I think the the biggest one, not necessarily in terms of performance and things, it's just the story and the whole journey of it um, since the start of the season, is, uh, is Bidet. I just want to get your guys' take on it. Uh, I'll come to you first, Ant. What, what, what are your thoughts on this whole bidet? So just, just to outline it for the people who may not know the full story of it, he's he came uh, deadline day, pretty much last man through the door before Aurier, um, on a loan with an option to buy of about 12 mil. And um, he hasn't played a single game. He had one bench appearance when we played Wolves away at Molyneux. But then the story developed. It was quite clear to see, even from us as fans, we've been discussing it all season, that Cooper just doesn't fancy him or there was rumours that he wasn't settling in well at Nottingham, struggling with the language of the league, etc. But the thing that developed the other day was that Forrest agreed with his parent club that they won't put him on the pitch. And this was agreed from October um, so that they can reloan him out because if he'd you know, step foot on, on the grass, they wouldn't be able to then reloan him out. And I just find it a bizarre one. And I just want your, your take on it, really. It is a strange one, isn't it? I mean, like any new signing, you want to see him play so you can make your own judgment. Mm. I mean, we could look at YouTube or whatever, but you want to make your own judgment in this league. And obviously, we've not been given that opportunity with him, which I think is a shame because I would like to have seen him. But Cooper, obviously for whatever reason, just didn't fancy him. Um, and that's fine. He's the manager. He sees him every day in training. You know, we don't know. We're not there. He might be sulking around. You just don't know. Um, the October thing's a very strange thing. Why couldn't we not have sent him back? If they if, if they said don't play him because they want to loan him out again, could we not have sent him back even in October? Is that against There's them? no point. There's no point because they can't reloan him out until the window opens. And they don't but want to play him. Yeah, and they don't want to play him. They want to reloan him out. It's it, it's such a bizarre one. What what team? Sorry, what team was he loaned from? Uh, Rens. So he can't get into the Rens team. That's not saying mm. a lot, is it? You know, is he as good as we hope? Hope you know if, if he can't get into the Rens team, can't get on our bench except one time. Maybe he's not that good. You know. So should we not be questioning why he was brought in in the first place? Look, the people that bought these plays in have gone. So they have been questioned. I guess so, yeah. You know, yeah. and Bardet was probably one of those. What the hell you bought this guy in for? He's no good, you know. Yeah, but is is he really, really that bad? We that don't he know. Didn't get, that, no, I'm talking hypothetically now. 
that he couldn't get ahead and I'm talking pace-wise as well here, of the likes of Cook, yeah, we've seen Bolly get a few games as well. Um, you know, we could talk about Biancone, uh, the lack of opportunities he was given, and I think most Forest fans rate Biancone as a player, but he was looked at unfavorably from Cooper. But I, I just, for me, the two frustrations for this is, one, we didn't get to see him, but we now are in the friendlies, which is absolutely bizarre. If he is going in January, what's the point in wasting, you know, that that slot in the team for when you could use it for someone else? Are we now pimping him out for uh, the parent club? You know, it's, it's just bizarre. And then secondly, why are we being dictated to by uh, Renz on how or how not we should use him unless they've agreed to pay his wages from October? Yeah. I was going to say we don't know the conditions that were set at that time, do we? They might say, "Look, if you don't pay him, if you don't play him, we'll pay." Because you can't say, "Well, I can't say I can say to a club, don't play him, but pay his wages." I don't. I can't see how that can work. So mm. we don't know behind the scenes. Maybe they've said, uh, "Don't play him, and we'll pay his wages." So there are things that we don't know about. It's just cloak and dagger, as well. What's your take? Yeah, what we're speculating—that's this is a problem, isn't it? And it's a—it's an issue that we've had uh, throughout the season, and we've raised that there's just not enough information being put out there from a club. Mm. Yes, there's certain things that are just not um, in their interest to share, but there's other things that the fans are—you don't have to. Obviously, the fans are the ones who, who pay the wages. You know, we're the ones who uh, who turn up week in, week out, um, and we deserve to be kept in the loop. Uh, I understand certain things have to be uh, kept under under uh, wraps, but there's just been a huge lack of information being released on players, on injured players, on uh, the reasons. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll have some clarity after he's gone. Maybe they have some sort of um, order in place where they can't really speak about it right now, but it does seem really bizarre. So it makes you think, was it an attitude problem? But I think what we've kind of talked about throughout the season is that Cooper's gone with his tried and trusted. He's had his favourites FC. And um, unfortunately... Mm. Um, every manager does. Every every manager does. But unfortunately, these... Barde seems definitely to be one of them that has um, uh, been victim to that. And he's not being given a chance. Cooper clearly made his decision early on that he wasn't going to play him. Um, and it's just a shame that we never got to see him. But obviously, once that deal's in place with his parent club, then uh, Forrest are going to honour it. it. It does seem a little bit bizarre that he's playing in these recent friendlies, but maybe they've got some sort of commitment to make sure he's got some sort of match fitness before he's sent back to uh, friends. But it's been, it's been a weird one. and it's, and it just some- How does that benefit us? How does that benefit us? It, it, I, you know, maybe just purely from a point of view that it, you know, it keeps the relationship with that club good. So in in future, if you ever need a play or we, they want to re- learn from us, you you don't burn your bridges, you know. So maybe we're doing them a favour for from that point of view, from that networking point of view. I don't know. There's a lot that we're speculating on about knowing, and that's that's the main issue. Can I, but we don't have that. Can I, just, can I just pick up on a point that is mentioned there? Listen, I'm a fan, right? We're all fans and we all feel entitled. We pay the wages, etc., etc. But Forest aren't the only club that keep quiet on deals, keep quiet on injuries. I mean, you've only got to look at Arsenal, for example. They're probably their most uh, productive player or influential player is Gabriel Jesus. And he's just gone in for an operation and 
Arsenal fans have heard nothing about what it is that's wrong with him, how long they expected him expect him to be out for. You know, clubs don't give out this information. It's not just no, but for- he's out in Brazil. Uh, sorry, he's out in the World Cup. Yeah. There's a slight no, difference not. between. No, it's not. It's back home. He's having an operation in London. Well, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying it's like it's the World Cup season. Yeah, at the moment. It's not like it's part of the season. And there's a difference to what we've been fed about Nia Kate. You could argue that at least si- complete silence is better than the BS we've had. Nia Kate is going to be back, you know, by mid-October, then end of October. Then he goes away on the international with Senegal. Everyone's thinking, oh, he must be very close to fitness. And then the update we get on Nia Kate is from him on his Twitter saying I'm out till 2023. Yeah, maybe that was just they took him out just to keep him involved or something. He obviously wasn't going to play. Well, he went as far as sitting on their bench, didn't he? He got on the bench. Did he? Yeah, I think, I'm sure he got on the bench. Yeah, on one of the games he was, yeah. Yeah, the first game. That is, uh, and that he, is and very he, strange. And he was obviously sent, nowhere near fitness. Yeah, yeah, and he was sent back after that game. He, he wasn't there for this. He had two... Um, yeah. Games and he was sent back before the two friendlies, yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. So, yeah, another bizarre one, but we're again, we're speculating because we just don't have the information, you know. But it also touched on something that I mentioned before about uh, he, he looks like but Barde, particularly, looks like one of those players where um, fans were speculating did Cooper sign all these players or how much say did he have in who came in? And I mm-hmm. think it's pretty clear to see that he's one of those that wasn't sanctioned by Cooper and like. Ant's already said, um, the ones who probably were responsible have certainly been given the hook. So uh, they have responded in some way. Uh, it's just a shame. Like I said, we had high hopes and, and it's a position that we've been struggling in all season. Yeah. So uh, I, would, I, would, I would suggest that the majority of their signings weren't... I mean, I don't think Cooper went out and you know, scouted these guys or and suggested them to the board. I think a lot of them were board board purchases but having said that I think Scarpa was definitely a, a board signing but yeah. I think Cooper's I mean, he's put him straight in so you know it's promising yeah but having said that and you know I've, we've heard a lot about this all season about who signed the players and so on but we, we signed what is it 23 24 players now with Scarpa oh yeah how yeah, many great. how many would you say are complete flops so far, Bardé. Yeah. Some would argue Dennis, even though I'm a massive fan. No, of I, I, no, I, I wouldn't agree. I, with I'm that. not saying that, but I'm saying, like, looking at it from the objective point of view, Dennis hasn't had a run, has he? No. So no. you could argue Dennis has flopped. But yeah. outside well, I think of, he, those... I think, the, I think he's, he's gradually getting a little, little bit more game time, isn't he? And I think that he will. I think he's a fabulous player, and I think he will come good for us and. Second half of the season. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm just looking at it now as we stand. Yeah, yeah. My, my point here is, you'd say Bardé, you'd say Biancone because he hasn't been used at all, apart from what three minutes against Brighton or whatever it was in Man City. Um, it was pretty good though in those three minutes. He was. I mean, he was. Using those, but then you add. If we're using those parameters, runners, if you're using those parameters, then you're going to have to throw. Omar Richards into that. We haven't seen a second of him playing, you know. So. True. Yeah, I think we have. I think we have to be a little bit sensible when it comes to. Yeah, players if we're talking about players who've played and who've been available, who've been available, been available. Okay, go that way then. Let's go that way. Go that way. And and you shoot off first. Go for it, mate. No, I, I just said Bardet's the only one I can think of. Really, that's yeah. been a, 
a but, flop. So, but the point I'm coming to, the point I'm coming to, and I'd be interested in the listeners' view on it, is if we can only come up with three max that are flops, why is there so much being kicked off about the involvement or lack of involvement of Cooper within the transfer window? Because surely most people, I mean, I would chuck Jesse Lingard in that flop category, but that's just me. But um, I don't want to get into an argument about, you know, the flop. I'm more interested in the idea of there was a lot of noise. There was a lot of noise that Cooper's not involved, blah, blah, blah. But if we're saying most of these players, if not the majority of them, have been decent, then why all this noise? Yeah, no, I've I've said this before as well, and I agree with him. I think we've got a very good squad. I don't think we've got a bad squad at all. And uh, to be fair, uh, it was probably a lot of noise, but not from many players, uh, from many people, sorry. It's it's always a um, loud minority, but, you know, they make the most noise. And uh, I I don't think the majority of fans are saying that Cooper's not been involved in the signings of players. But I think if we are touching on that, I think, Definitely what Ant says. We've got a good enough squad. I think we've got a decent squad. And I don't think there's too many flops within there, to be honest. And I wouldn't have said that. Go on, Ant. What were you going to say? And your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think that the reason why people were kicking up a fuss and everything is because we were playing shit and losing games. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. For those Fair players point. that had come in and we were halfway up the table, nobody would be saying anything. Yeah. Winning, yeah. winning, winning cures everything. Yeah. Obviously, it goes hand in hand. If the players are playing well, if the players are playing well, we're going to be further up the league anyway. You know, if they're performing, so it kind of like that. Well, but we all know, didn't we? You'd have to have been a fool to have expected those players to have gelled in the first game and played like they've been playing for years. I think we so, were though. I think uh, we had our rose-tinted glasses on, and we all kind of like. Yeah. Kind of like thought, no, it won't happen to us. Our, our players will gel. We're not going to be like Fulham. We're not, you know, we're not going to sign all these players, and they're not. Going to... It's taken longer than it's uh, it, we, we hoped. But if we're realistic, and we didn't, we weren't Forest fans. Anybody looking from the outside was saying the same thing. You know, how are these players going yeah. to gel? That was the main criticism. How can you sign all these? Players? I always, I was always banking on the second half of the season after well, after the World Cup. Yeah. I was. I thought whatever we get prior to the World Cup is like a bonus. That's that's the getting to know you kind of stage. Yeah. And you know, and Coop's getting experience and all that business. So it was always going to be tough the first pre World Cup games. So I always in my mind I always thought as long as we're in touching distance and we're not cast adrift, yeah. then hopefully the second half of the season is when we'll kick on. And I still hope and believe that. Yeah, I'll just add okay. to that saying that you know. Prior to the season really starting, I'd said that. I think, and I also said that I think the World Cup break will do us good. As long as we're in touching distance and we're not adrift um, by by the time the break comes, then I think we we, uh, we kick on in the second portion of the season. And I think the World Cup break would do us good. So let's hope that plays out in our favour. Well, I was one of the idiots that said, we'll come out of the blocks hot, we'll stay hot. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll finish fourth. It was still, it was still good. Yeah. We still can. Still can. I'm still saying fourth. I'm still saying fourth. All right. Well, that I've was. Ne- I've never wavered from that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we covered more than just Bardet there, but there's another player I want to talk about in this, and that's one of my favourite players, Renan Lodi. Um, there's been some noise that he's not happy and that he wants to either go back to Athleti or 
fully pack it in and end up going back to Brazil uh, and playing there. I think there's a lot of noise with, um, you know, with paper talk. But his agent has come out and said that it's all BS. He's staying at Forest. He's with Forest, which to me makes sense because we've paid a five mil fee for him. It's not been a free loan coming over and just pay his wages kind of thing. And we do still have that option to buy for, I think it's 25-ish mil at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, But he has split the fan opinion, uh, the base, the fans opinion, should I say, in the base as well. There's quite a few people saying Tuffalo should play ahead of him. Um, he's not been great. He can't defend. Yes, he can attack, etc., etc. I just want to touch on it. Do you think there's any smoke to this fire? Um, or do you think it's a case of just paper talk, really? Well, first of all, I, I, I absolutely adore Renan Lodi. I think he's a class player. Uh, during this World Cup break, you're going to get stories. People need to sell newspapers, <laughs> as it were. Um, so stories will come out. I wouldn't take too much notice of them. It's possible. I think that Lodi's taken a little while to set in. He doesn't speak the language. It must be so difficult. I mean, can you imagine going into a workplace and not being able to talk to anybody, not understand what's going off about you? big part of football is the, the crack and the banter that goes off in the dressing room. You can't join in. So that's got to be tough. So I think it's taken him a while, but I think he's getting better. He's improving. I agree. He's settling in. Yep. And I think what might be a real trump card for us is, I go back to that guy, <laughs> is Gustavo, is, is Scarpa coming in? Because obviously he's got a fellow countryman that he's going to be able to chat with and yep. get on with. And I think that that could really help him to push again, hopefully push on in the second half of the season. Yeah, I, I, I've, got, I've got to agree with you on everything you said there. And certainly the um, link up with Scarpa can't be harmful, can it? You know, it's definitely going to help. I think he's got, I agree with you, I think he's got better. I think he's probably taken a little bit longer. And we've got to bear this in mind. We're talking about players coming from uh, Europe who've never uh, played in this league before, not lived in this country before. It's taken them probably longer than we, we anticipated. But you've got to understand We've got to take that into account about the logistics of them moving somewhere new. Um, it can take time to settle in. And it, we've definitely seen him improve. And the last two games before the break were two of his best performances. Um, and uh, I, I sincerely hope he does decide to stay till the end of the season and does enough to keep us up in a, uh, keep us in the division. And maybe we can look at buying him uh, at the end. But I think you're right that the Scarper, Scarper coming in hopefully will um, make him feel a lot better, more, more at home. Well, seeing that he's got an option to buy, I mean, I asked you boys this about Henderson. I'm going to ask you the same question about Loddy. As we stand right now, would you trigger the clause? Yes. Interesting. Ez? Would I trigger the clause? Um, possibly not. No, I'd possibly let it go till the end of the season. We, we've got no reason to do it. You know, right now, to be honest, if if I no, sorry, yeah, yeah, no, no, no sorry, I'm talking about the end of the season. Yeah, I'm at the end of the season. Oh, at the end of the season. Talking the end of the season. Yeah, obviously, if he, obviously, like I've just said, yeah, if um he does everything he can to keep us up, then yeah, I think I think it'd be a great addition to the squad. And like I say, what concerns me, what concerns me is after the last game before the World Cup at home. Lottie stayed on after everybody else had gone in and went round the ground, yeah. applauding the fans. And I thought he's off. But that's what you do, isn't it? When you go in, mm. he's off. 
Yeah. But obviously that, you know, wasn't the case, apparently. Well, maybe maybe that's when he was feeling like it was time to go, you know? And uh, Scarpina's come in and convinced him otherwise because they look like BFFs right now. They look like BFFs. Listen, if you've got 25 guys with you and one of them speaks your language, you're going to tend to go and talk to him, aren't you? It it is weird, though, isn't it, that we do say that. It's like, I don't think um, if I was in a club and just because there's one other English person in there would necess- uh, necessitate would. that I'm going to be best you know, mates you, with him. But we yeah, all seem would. to assume. You would. You would. <laughs> he would. No, he That's the only person you can speak to. Trust me. He's your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've right, been, I've been on holiday. I know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There's one other player that we know. I'm just going to touch gently on him. Um, is Ember So. He's going to go out on loan as well this January. Um, I, I think he needs to. He's clearly not in Cooper's plans and he's sitting there rotting. I think there is talent in that boy. But uh, very quickly, guys, 30 seconds each on Ember. We've got because we've got plenty more to cover on, on tonight's podcast. Well, he's another As one. On yeah, he's another one now, considering, yeah, considering how we've been struggling with our defence, um, it's, uh, it's a shame that he hasn't been given a chance. So, uh, he needs he needs game time, so I'd send him out on loan. I'm I'm happy to see that happen rather than him sitting there and not getting uh, getting the odd cup game and that's it. No, uh, yeah, give him give him a loan spell somewhere. Yeah, he's he's, right. he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, it's been here long enough now. He's not making it. He's gone. Mm, fair enough. So there's the players out. There are talks that we've got players coming in. We're not going to get tonight into the speculation of who's coming in and who isn't. But what we are going to start speculating about is who should leave. Because obviously for players to come in, we've got to thin the squad a little and make sure that there's some room in the inn. Um, And I want to come to you first on this one. Um, Give me a player. And again, we do this every time. But we know you don't hate this player or players or whatever. We're just talking about the the wider size of the squad and how this would work going forward. But the the cold hard facts are: if we do need players, and you know we've all agreed we need a striker, another centre back, maybe a, a CDM, you're going to have to get rid of a few. Um, Biancone could be deregistered. Um, Bidet's gone, so there's two slots there. But I think we're probably going to get three in. So uh, maybe four. So if you had to put someone on the chopping block, Ants, who, who would it be for you from the current squad? Yeah, well, obviously. I mean, there's a guy that I absolutely adore that did so much for his coming up, but that's in the past. And from what I've seen of him this season, he's not up to the standard that we need to be a good Premier League side. And that's Steve Cook. And, you know, he's just not good enough to play as a centre-back in the Premier League. It hurts me to say, but that's the fact. And if we can get in a, a, a better, more reliable, pacier centre-back, you know, Neocarte's coming back. We've got other centre-backs. We've got plenty of centre-backs. So I think if we had to make a decision to thin out the squad in that particular area of the pitch, then Steve Cook, for me, would be the one that we'd have to let go. Would you agree with that, Because I wholeheartedly do. I do, but I'm going to put another one of my caveats in. Can you see that happening whilst we're losing Barde and we're sending Mbeso out on loan? Mm. 
and we're still not sure when near. But neither of those have played anyway, have they? No, so. exactly. So can you see him getting rid of another player? No, I think that. But what we're saying but is, yeah, who we believe, who we believe, yeah, not necessarily what is going to happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. But he's raising a good point, though, and um, just to kind of corner you a little, because if we got Bianconi out, Bidet goes, we're getting thinner on the amount of centre backs we have. Do you think we got enough cover to get rid of Cook as well? Yeah, I do. Yeah. We've got Neocarte, we've got Bowley, we've got McKenna, we've got um, Warrell. Joe Warrell. Yeah, that's four. If we bring another one in, which I believe we will, then that's five. That's enough centre backs. <laughs> five is enough. Well, with the rate of in that we get players injured, you never know. <laughs> you never know with us. So, Ayers, coming to you, the same question then. So, Ant's gone with Cookie. Um, is there any other player you'd consider for the chopping block? Yeah, and also going on uh, Ant's sentiment about this player from last season, um, who was absolutely vital in our promotion chase. Um, the Ginger Perlo, I think, uh, the, the few cameo appearances he's had this season have been baffling to be a, for a start, where he's come on ahead of players that, like O'Brien, where we thought would have been more fitting in certain games. And he's not made a real impact when he has played. I think he's, he's another one who's been caught out by the pace of the Premier League. Um, we certainly saw that in that first game against Newcastle. Um, yeah, so I think he's he's one that, um, bless him for everything he's done for the club. Um, but I think uh, we can probably move on without him going forward. And do you, what do you think on Colbeck? I love Jack Colbeck. I absolutely love the guy. Um, I do. Real warrior. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Will it's hard. It's it's difficult, isn't it, when you're getting rid of people that have helped you come up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it's perhaps not quite there for the Premier League right now. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say get rid of him unless we needed to make space. Yeah. But if we need to make space, then he's the one that. And Ez is absolutely hundred percent right. Yeah. Been so frustrating when you've seen O'Brien running up and down the line yeah. and then Colback comes on because Colback is not as good a centre midfielder as O'Brien is. That's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah, you know. we all agree. Yeah. I fully agree. I mean, I, I won't do the whole oh, I love him thing because I don't. I'm not talking about him personally. I'm talking as a footballer. I, well, think I, was, I wasn't talking about him personally. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I usually get accused of being personal, but <laughs> I, I just don't think when when you look at our squad currently, and you've got O'Brien, Mangala, Froiler, Yates, then you got you know the more attacking minded ones, MG Dub. We got Scarpina coming in now as well. Lingard. Okay, you can say him if you want. But I, I just, I don't see, I, I see enough depth in that squad that I still think, I think Cooper has a headache of how does he pick his uh, central midfielders at the moment because we've got too much talent in, in that part of the pitch. And I think Colback is 100% surplus to requirements. Um, so I, I agree with what you're saying is. Yeah, yeah. That's it, you just backed. Uh, so, what, so what about your choice of, player to bin then well i would agree with as my number one would be colback but um just for the sake of this conversation mm-hmm. under the assumption that we get another striker in the window yeah. a proven goal scorer um i would loan out sam surridge i'd give him i don't want him to go 
I think he's still got, you know, a future at Forest. But he's behind Awoni. Um, it's a tough one because I don't feel we have the depth up front that I'd like us to see. You could argue you could play Dennis there as a emergency nine if you wanted to. But I think Surridge needs some game time. And I don't think he'll get it in the Premier League. I think he has to go down to the championship, maybe to a promotion fighting team, get the game time there, get another half a season under his belt and come back and reassess where he is in the summer. Um, but I'd, I wouldn't sell him. It would be a loan deal for me. I don't know if you guys would, or what do you think about the depth we've got currently up front? Um, and um, Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, again, Sam's another one of our promotion heroes, you know, so he's mm. absolutely nothing against the guy. Um, he's got a fantastic attitude. You know, he's quite happy to be that guy that comes on every now and again, clutch moments. And he has got talent, but... Uh, providing we bring in, I mean, that's the thing, providing we bring in another striker, yeah, he's not going to get a game. And he deserves to get games. So, yeah, I would I would agree with you. I would let Sam go on, on loan and hopefully prove himself and come back a better player. Would you, Ez, or yeah. keep him still for the depth? I, I think um, you're right, but our, one of our main targets this transfer window has to be a striker. Um, and mm. if you're bringing in a proven or uh, certainly better quality striker than the fact that he's not got a he's not had a start in the league um, he did start the, uh, New, did he start the Newcastle game the very first game but other than that I don't think he's had a start ahead of a one year or Dennis or even a false nine position you know so yeah, yeah. that's been preferred over him um, he's he's come on and unfortunately hasn't really made an impact in the games that he has um, come on in and I think it's just one of those positions where if you're going to bring a quality, uh, proven quality striker in, that, yeah, I think we can. And again, like yourself, sorry to, I'll finish the sentence in a second, but just like yourself, I don't think that we should sell him. I think loan, loan him up and to a top end um, championship club, let him do what he did for us last season for somebody else, you know, and I think yeah. he'll do his confidence a world of good for sure. Because I, I do agree that he's got a good attitude, but I don't think he's happy in the position that he's in right now and I think he'd be much happier getting regular game time at a competitive club in the championship Agreed I'll be interested to know what listeners think on that Okay, so those are those are the outs um, We are currently out ourselves in Greece well, not us, but as in Forest um, We played Stoke in probably one of the driest <laughs> pre-season mid-season whatever you want to call this uh, matches I've ever seen yeah. um, down at Loughborough Uni and then we've gone and played um, at Tremitos as well behind closed doors we know very little about it we haven't seen the goals I was able to get the team news today I'll put it on the YouTube video um, and our first chance to see the the team in action properly because Steve Cooper himself said the first two games are basically kick arounds where he's changing um, the teams at halftime etc and it'll be the Olympiacos game where he starts to take it more seriously um, so I, I really just want to come I think we'll start with you as mm -hmm. and just talk about what would you like to see with these um, pre I keep calling them pre-seasons but mid-season friendlies whatever they're called what would you want to see out of this Olympiacos and Valencia game 
Um, and I kind of want you to take into account how our preseason went to start with at the start of the year. But uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, exactly that. And um, we, we, we've all mentioned it, but that was one of the worst pre-seasons we've had in a long time. And it certainly affected our start to the season. Um, so let's... I, I want to see competitive, competitive games. I want to see a shape that he's going to be looking to use in the um, competitive games going forward. So I don't want... I don't, what, I don't, what I don't want to see is wholesale, wholesale changes uh, at half-time. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see him stick with a shape, uh, stick with a starting lineup that he believes that he's going to be using going forward. And yes, experiment in these two games. That's surely part of the um, beauty of playing them, uh, these games. You Experiment, but certainly have an idea of who your best 11 are from the players you've got available. And implement that because what we struggled with uh, so far this season is um, keeping a settled side for many reasons he's he's constantly changed the the squad and the first team lineup and I don't think I think we had only one occasion where he's not we've had an unchanged starting lineup going into the next Premier League game so uh, it has been a very choppy season so far in terms of who, who he... I, don't, I still don't think he knows who his best 11 is. So let's hope he gets a little bit closer to understanding that before we get back to the real competitive games. But I'd like to see, I'd like to see, like I say, uh, a team that he he's happy with, that he's confident is going to be something that he can uh, trust going forward and uh, mm. not a wholesale changes at half-time. I think there are the two main, main, main things I want to see coming out of these games. And what about you? Because you you talk a lot about momentum, and we don't have momentum. Well, we didn't have momentum in the preseason. You could argue we've had momentum going into this mid-season break. What are you looking for out of this Olympiacos and Valencia game? Well, I thought that our preparation for the new season, the games we played, was the the worst I've ever seen. It was appalling, absolutely mm-hmm. useless particularly considering the amount of new players we had in. We needed to nail them down to the style and to personnel, and we didn't. We just kept swapping, playing ridiculous sides against the opposition. These two games, I think it's two games, Olympiacos and Valencia, uh, I don't think we should look at them as friendlies. I think we should look at them as practice and preparation. So practice a formation you're going to use and prepare for what's to come. And um, I agree 100%. Stop this pissing about with changing sides and stuff. Get the players in that are going to play. You know, they've had, they'll have had, what, six weeks of, of, of not playing? Yeah. Get those players that are going to play in that first, as far as you can, in that first Premier League game against Manchester United. Get the players you're going to play in the formation you're going to play and stick to it. Yeah, I don't want to see what happened pre-season where we were putting kids in and, and mm. squad members that weren't going to get a game and stuff. No point. This is, a, this is the Premier League, baby. We need to get up there and get in. So get them prepared and practice what you're going to do. It's no good you, you playing a, a three at the back if you're not going to play three at the back in the Premier League. It's no point. Yeah. yeah. Play the formation and the players you're going to play. And don't, does it, as I said, don't swap them all at half time. And don't play three up. Does it matter it's if not like, we it's win not or like lose? It's not going to be knackered, is it? 
No, this no, that's, yeah. that's a fair point. They've had enough of a break from competitive games where you know you can throw them in now. Um, yeah, I, I would push him. I would push him. Scarpa should yeah, play every game. <laughs> and does it matter? Well, every game. There's only two. There's only two games for for Man U. Yeah, and then he sits Does out. Then he sits, if... Sorry, and then he's going to sit out those two games, isn't he? He can't play in the cup game, and he can't play in the Man, yeah. Man United. So Chelsea's the first one he's available. For. Yeah, so I, so I, play I, I play him in both games. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Wolverine, go ahead. Yeah, no, I want to. I want to come on to Scarpino in a sec, but uh, I just want to ask the question: Really, do we need to win these games? I, I know it sounds weird to ask that question about a friendly, but do you think? And do you think we need to win these games? You know what? I'm a great believer in momentum. And I'll go back to this. I know it's boring, but Arsenal had a fantastic pre-season. Then went straight into the Premier League and carried it on. We had a shit pre-season. We went straight into the Premier League and carried it on. So, yeah, yeah, let's win them. Let's put out our best side, our best formation, and try and win the games. I would always rather win 3-0 than lose 3-0. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's you, try. No, you to win these? Yeah, I, I think we need to try and win them. Yeah, I think we need to be competitive and I think we need to not take them too lightly as friendlies. You know, it's the warm-up games, you know. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't think we have to win them, but I think we certainly have to perform and we have to try and win. Yeah, definitely. Am I right in saying the only pre-season match we've won this season was Hertha Berlin? Did we we won that one two one? Did we win two one? One no. Yeah, we drew, drew against Notts County. Drew yeah. against Bonsley. Valencia. We lost to Coventry. Yeah. We lost to Union Berlin. Yeah. Not we ideal, is it? Stoke. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't it exactly get you full of confidence. Well, we we even said some of the opposition was bizarre for those, uh, coming into our first mm. Premier League season. It, it, some of the games needed to be a lot more competitive, and like Ants already said, but. Some of the uh, lineups he picked were just shocking. You know, we we couldn't understand it. You know, and uh, people had paid their money to go and watch these preseason games. You know, and it's uh... well, you, you know, Ed, don't you? The the Notts County one. You know how much that wound me up. Oh, yeah. I looked at that team sheet and what I saw. What the fucking hell have I spent ten quid on this crap for? Yeah, I'd rather mm. go down and watch the kids in the local park. I, I didn't. None of them were going to play. Mm. Yeah. What's the, what is the point? Um, in players on the pitch that are not going to play. It, it, it doesn't matter anyway. Sorry, I was just going to say that, yeah, um, from our, I'm just looking at our results from our pre-season games. We lost the first one 3-1 to Coventry. Then we beat yeah. Burton Albion 1-0. Then it was a 0-0 draw against Barnsley. Uh, we beat her for Berlin 3-1. 0-0 against uh, Union Berlin. 2 all against Notts County. And then a draw against Valencia, which was the last game before we came into the Premier League season. so I thought we lost against Union. No, no, no against Union. Was it? Well, no, we lost that. Did we? Well, according to my... Well, then, yeah, I thought we lost yeah, it I think well, you're yeah. right. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'm looking at the uh, Forest website. So, yeah, if you can't get it right on the official website, then, yeah, I told you... Oh, we... Bloody hell, is that on the official website? That's on the official website, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, if you go click onto the report, it says narrow defeat for Forest. So, yeah, we did lose it. And I do remember, you're right. As soon as you mentioned it, like, we lost that. It says nil-nil on the official uh, results page. So, if you have a look, guys. I mean, let, let, me put it, let me put it this way. As a competitive professional footballer, would you rather walk off the pitch having lost or won? What's it going to make you feel like for your next game? I mean, it's not vital that we win, by the way. Yeah. But at least yeah. try. 
Yeah. Oh, you got to try. But context is obviously it's a it's a friendly game, you know. Um, so that kind of like doesn't make it um okay to lose. But yeah, like I said, as long as they try to win, I'm not saying they have to win. I don't think. I think uh, Ants already said before that there's no must-win games ever or something like that. But um, yeah, no, I don't think we have to win these games. We just uh, we just have to perform. You know, we have to try and win it. Certainly. And although they, and although they, although they clusters, you know, I say I don't call them friendly games. Although they clusters friendly games, if you're a player that's in and around getting a first team play, surely mm. you want to play your best and try and get into that. T- surely there's a motivation there for you to play well and cement your place. I fully agree with that. Fully agree. And but I think there will be some chopping and changing because you've got to look at this. Uh, the first competitive game we have back is actually the cup game against. Blackburn. Blackburn. Yeah, Blackburn. Yeah. So that's going to be our first competitive game back. And you wouldn't have... I, I, we've said this before. I wouldn't play the team that I'm going to start against Man United in the cup game against Blackburn. So uh, there, may, there may be some um, shifting around in these two two friendly games over the next uh, few days. But uh, purely for that reason, that the actual first competitive game that we have back is actually the cup game against Blackburn. So maybe we won't see... See if uh, we you know what some changes. Go on. Although I agree with you, I wouldn't necessarily play all the first teamers. I'd play the system. Yes, whatever system yes. they're going to play yes. against, I knew I'd play the system. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know what he's thinking at the moment because to me it looked like against Atramitos he switched to a back three, um, which terrifies me because we definitely look better in a four. I think. 90% of the fan base would now agree. Agreed. And with that. Can I just, yeah, another another one of my caveats, but it's what I've said before, but if Nia Carter hadn't got injured, would we have shifted to a back four? If he'd stayed fit all season, we started off with a back three with Nia Carter playing in the centre of the three, didn't he? Um, yeah. Would we have changed that if he, if he stayed fit? So maybe that well, might be... Well, ask that. Let me ask you that question. Mm-hmm. When or if our beloved Niakate comes back, is he going to switch to a back three? I think potentially he is. Um, and I don't think I want to see it. But at the same time, he's got to have a good partner with him. You know, Niakate, we'll agree. If he, Once he's fit, he, he goes straight in. Who do you partner with him with in a two? I don't like the idea of two left footers. I wouldn't put McKenna with him for a start. Um, and I know others have had other opinions on that. So I think he will go back to the back three once Niakate is fully fit. I've just got a feeling he will. Oh yeah. But Anne, if you went, if Niakate comes back in, who are you partnering him with? Let, let's assume for a second it's a back four. I need to see a little bit more of Niakate to see if he can play that right centre-back position because I think he can. And if he can, then I would put him and McKenna as a back, in a back four. I don't think Cooper will go back to back three, personally. I don't think so. I'm not saying I know that. Just, uh, mm. you know, if he's, if he's seen how we've played, we play better with a back yeah. four. And our squad, I personally believe our squad is better suited to a back four than a back three because of the players we've I got agree. in midfield. Freuler, for example, could go a little bit further forward with a back four than he can with a back three, I think. So, I don't think he'll go to a back three. So, back two and... I would try near Carter at the right, right back, the right centre back, and McKenna at the left centre back because I think McKenna is our best other centre back. You see, I wouldn't do that. I'd put Nia Kate on the left side, 
I, I can't believe I'm going to say it. I'll put Bolly on the right side. Yeah, I or... wouldn't object. I wouldn't object. Don't get me wrong. It's not set in stone. I'm just, you know, yeah. I still I mean... don't think that we have that partner, if I'm being honest. that's I would be in this January window looking for a right centre-back. Yeah. And if we don't get one, I'd probably put Bolly in there. I think him and Nia Kase could work quite well. And my second choice, I know people won't believe me, but would be Worrell. I think Worrell's better in a back four than he is yeah, in yeah. a back three. Yeah. yeah. I still think he's got mistakes in him. I wouldn't be comfortable with it. But I definitely I think, wouldn't it, put I, think, I think it depends. I think if you're playing against not the top six or eight, I think Warrell will be fine. I think when you mm. when you get to that next step up, that you might get found out a little bit more. But, but don't you guys think that if again it's a hypothetical because he didn't stay fit, if Nia Carter had stayed fit, don't you think that would have improved Warrell's game? Warrell would have become yeah. a, would have learned off him because I sincerely think he would have, and I think that's the whole point of bringing these better level players in. And we said this before, but. Surely it raises the game of the players around him and the ones competing for those positions. If it doesn't, then then they're not good enough. You know, they need to go. But I think that is something that I would I would actually pay pay if if we're going with a back four, I would actually put Nia Carty and Worrell together. I think he'll bring out the best in Worrell, and I still um, want to see that. he's he's yeah. the captain. I want to see him our captain on the pitch ideally. Yeah, we ha we have to be slightly cautious as well because I absolutely adore Nia Carter and what I've seen of him, he looks fabulous. But we have to be a little bit careful not to build him up too much, you know. Yeah, but you got <laughs> to compare to what we've got. No, and let's not get into Scarpa then if we're talking about building up players too much. That's a different matter. Yeah, that's a different matter. Yeah, and I, and I just want to say I still think our second best defender is McKenna. But I think Nia Kate's best position is on that left centre-back side. Um, Nia, the, the thing is, Nia Kate in Mainz came from a back three. The problem is, he wasn't used in his correct position. He is a left centre-back in a back three because he advances forward. Yeah, we, One of his strengths, yeah. which we haven't seen from um, our back two or three, whatever we've played this season, is the ability for them to... to you know, carry the ball forward or make a, a good pass. There's been the odd one here and there. Yeah. And that's why I'd still have Nia Kate on the left side because he can thread those balls through. McKenna, I still think is the second best, but he would, I don't think he would work on the right-hand side of the two. That's why I'd go with Bolly ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I've always said, play their players in their best position. I know, and I went against it a little bit mm. with saying McKenna on that. That's because, like you, I, I consider McKenna to be the second best. I just wanted to yeah. squeeze him in. But what you say makes perfect sense <laughs> because what you gain in one position, you can lose out of another position. So taking the Akate out of that left centre-back position could possibly not be compensated for by having, you know, having him yeah. on the right, McKenna yeah. on the left, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, yeah. Okay. All right, so we've covered off Olympiakos. Obviously, on the next podcast, we'll talk how the game went and we'll look ahead to uh, Valencia as well, who, incidentally, we already played in the first preseason. Let's do it. Let's talk about Senor Scarpina and what he's going to bring to this team. Now, most Forest fans haven't seen much of him apart from probably hours on YouTube. 
Um, I've had the um, delight and luxury to speak to a lot of um, the, uh, the fans from, oh God, I forgot where he came from. (laughs) Thank you. Um, and they are not, it's like, I've never seen such love and devotion to an ex player. You know, the way they're talking about him, please come back. We miss you. Please look after him. Please call him Scarpina for us. We love him. Um, look after him. You know, he's going to be sensational. And they've done nothing but just build the hype up for me. And I'm, I can't wait for this Olympiacos friendly. We're on that train, baby. I'm on that hype train, man. I'm on that hype train. Um, I've never missed. I know you are. I know you are. Anything you want to add to our boy, Scarpina? I mean, I've not been this excited for a long time about signing. And... The fact that he's... I thought you were going to say in general there, mate. <laughs> the, fact that, the fact he was Brazilian Player of the Year, won the Copa de Libertadores, won the Brazilian Championship. We're not getting a player that's on the decline. We get a player that's at his peak. And that's yeah. so unusual. So yeah. unusual to get a player of that calibre that's at his peak. And it's per- everything about him. He could speak English well. That's so important. He seems to have settled in within a day, you know, going around the Nottingham City Centre on a bloody skateboard. First day he's here. I mean, come on. What's not to love? And already in the pre-season, although we've only had a written sort of very slight summary of the game, it appears that he he was doing exactly what it says on the tin. He was taking corners that were finding the people he was aiming for. He was making passes. I, I can't wait. I just hope he comes. I want him to play against Chelsea first game. Get him in. can agree more. And that's the thing they've been ranting to me about is just let him take the corners. Just let him take the free kicks. And Thank a few you. of them have said to me as well, they've been watching Forrest. They've converted to Forrest now, which just shows you, it shows you how much they love him. They've said we need a better striker at the end of his crosses because he'll put peaches in. Yep. Um, Ez, do you chuck him straight in? Or do you bed him in? I mean, Cooper really is a bit of a bedder, isn't he? But what would you do? Yeah, well, we've, we've had this chat. And I, I would, if with the form he's in, with the confidence he's bringing into the club, uh, with what well, the, the very basic report we've had on his first uh, outing for us, I'd throw him straight in. Yeah, if, he, if he's fit and ready to play for the Chelsea game, I would, wouldn't have any hesitation to throw him in. Because I think... His enthusiasm, his style of play, um, and how he's taking, going to be taking charge. I, I believe, yeah, nobody's going to get him off set pieces. There's no chance if he's playing, he's taking the set pieces, and I think that confidence will come through. And it, hopefully, it'll rub off on some of the other players because he's got he's got no um, comparison. You know, he's not played in this league before. Mm. The opposition are not going to know what to expect. And he's he can kind of like just be a free spirit, and that's what we need. We need a player like him. We we hoped we had that with Lingard, and we've not seen the best of him until maybe towards the last couple of games before the break. But we yeah we need a, we need somebody who can really spark the season into into uh, some sort of uh, direction. And I think Scarpina is the man that we're waiting for. I think, I think we're all agreed here. Just yeah. Um... I'd just like to pose a question to both of you. 
on, on what we've seen so far and what we know about Scarpina, who do you think it was likely to be? Who do you think is likely to be most effective against Chelsea? Did I just mention Brennan Johnson? I meant to, I meant to mention Brennan. You've seen Brennan, yeah, and the way he's coped so far. You know, we love him and all that. Mm-hmm. But who do you think would be most effective against Chelsea? Do you think Scarpina or Brennan? Playing on that right side, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with Scarpina if if it's uh, over that position. I'm not saying I'd put Brennan out. I'd actually stick Brennan on the opposite side and have him cutting in on. Yeah, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to. You don't have to. You know. <laughs> no, I, no, no, absolutely, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not justifying it, but I, I wouldn't leave Brennan out. Wait, so you'd keep Brennan in, as I'd keep, keep Brennan in, and I'd put him on the other side. Based on what? I, I've got to ask this question because. Based on he's, his potential, that's what, all I can really base it on. Not his performances this season, based on his potential. Have we got time to wait for his Premier League potential? Look, we all love Brennan, yeah, we all. But even we me, don't. as a hardline Brennan fan, I can't say he's had a good season. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. I, I agree, he hasn't. And I, I kind of like made excuses for him leading up to World Cup. Um, but I think uh, if we don't. Uh, pay special attention to him. I think we could end up losing him because he's. Well, let, let, let me ask. You, let me ask you another question then. Who do you think Chelsea would rather face on that left hand side, Emmanuel Dennis or Brennan Johnson? I think we'd rather face Dennis. No, I don't no. agree. No way. No, I agree one bit on that. No, we can disagree on that one. We can disagree on that. Yeah, yeah. But, of course we can. But, uh, but uh, going back to the point, wires. Uh, going back to the point of uh, Scarpinia, yeah, I'd throw him straight in and I'd throw him in on that side. That seems to be his most effective position. And uh, if it's a case that, you know, Brennan has to make way, but Scarpa's coming in and he, you, you're not going to expect to pay 90 minutes of his first game potentially. So there's no, nothing to say that Brennan wouldn't be coming on. And we've said this before. You wouldn't want yeah. his. I would. He's had a full season. He's, yeah. he's just come off the back of a full season. He's probably the fittest one out there right possibly, now. Possibly, but the Premier League is a different beast, you know. To you see, people people get too emotional about drop or resting a player or whatever because you bring in like Scarpa for Brennan. I don't mean we're chucking Brennan away. It means for that game we're playing I mean. Scarpa, and if Scarpa doesn't do it, we'll bring Gen- we'll bring Brennan. Exactly. On. You know, Brennan's got yeah. pace that can frighten any defense. Yeah. You know, and my- yeah, it doesn't mean that. We're chucking him in the bin or anything. No, not at all. Not at all. And, you know, like I said, we're not... Um, we've all said before how much we, we're we fans of Brennan. So it's not... A, um, uh, he's a very, very young man who's making his way in the game and he's going to need time. He's got... Absolutely. Brennan. Absolutely. But we need to be the ones giving him that time. I don't want him to uh, end up thinking that he's not loved that far. And don't, and don't play... And there's no point, in my opinion, there's no point in playing a player that is not at the top of his game because that's not going to do his confidence any good. Mm-hmm. No, but how many, of our can, players, how many of our players are going to be on the top of their game? You know, um, we, we've had a stop-start season. You know, there's not been a... Apart from the last few games, you know, there's not been a consistency in the way we've played or the confidence that's been hasn't really oozed through the team at any point this season. So I can't say any of our players are undroppable at the moment, but would, would I I'd say Aurier is. For me, Aurier yes. is undroppable. Yeah, oh, what, a, what a revelation that guy's mm-hmm. been. Come on. I don't think there's one of us that didn't think, Aurier, Aurier, bloody hell. But my Looking word, card, yeah. Yeah. he's 
been a class above, really, a proper Premier League player. Oh, he's yeah. Would you say MG Dub droppable? Yeah, anybody's droppable. Yeah, apart from Aurier. I think so. I, I I think our most consistent players have been Aurier, Morgan Gibbs White to a certain extent, and you'd probably chuck in Henderson. You know, something like that in goal. But it's very difficult, isn't it? Because We've got the likes of Mangala, who's been injured. We've got the likes of O'Brien, yeah. who, for some reason, is not playing every game. You know, mm. they've been in and out, so yeah. it's difficult for players to build their form up and their confidence up when they're in and out. But you've and also that, hopefully that's going to come in the second half of the season. You've also got to ma- mention Yatesy. When he's had the right players around him, he's been brilliant. He's been very good this season. So um... Yates is that guy. Is that guy, is that John McGovern, is that Jordan Henderson, yeah. is that guy that nobody really thinks is that good, but you miss him when he's not there. No. He brings something to the team against against certain opposition. Yeah. Yeah. But it goes back to my point. We're, we're kind of position heavy, aren't we? I think we're fine on right backs, left backs and central midfield players. It's around that where we're lacking a bit. Okay, you can argue we've got Scarpina now can be a winger. Lingard, if you guys want to chuck him in, and Dennis. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's for me, still a severe lacking up front and a quality, pacey centre-back outside of Niakate. You know, that's my worry. Yeah. That's my worry. And if we are, if we are talking about these players, uh, I mean, we're making it sound like we're top of the league. You know, the way we're talking about some of these players. We're 18th. That's kind of that's the reality check for me. Yeah, and we just got to remember we we're we're gonna overinflate with Forest fans. That's by and by, but there's a team there, isn't there? There's a team yeah, there, yeah. and you know what? waiting said, to. Sorry, I've said this a few times, and I'll say it again. I look at our squad, and it's a bloody good Premier League squad. Yeah, we've got a lot of good players, and that's why I'm confident we'll be fine in the rest of the season. Yeah, but we've had these... I mean, the question I guess I would ask is the issue at the start of the season or the first part of the season been that the players haven't gelled or the manager hasn't played the right players in the right positions and the right formation? Or is it a bit of both? It's a bit of both, isn't it? It's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. And Mm -hmm. also, like I touched on, uh, all these players coming to the Premier League for the first time settling in you know it's we we can't judge how how long it's going to take somebody to settle into a new country into a new city into a new club um it's taken some players longer than others i firmly believe that and that's why we've not seen the best um of our play of of from our squad so far and i did one of the predictions i made early on in the season is that we've seen more squad rotation from cooper than we've ever seen before because he was very uh Mm. he stuck to his uh First eleven more often than not last season in the promotion push, and very rarely um, did we see changes to the. Uh, we knew what his best eleven was, didn't we? You know, apart from when uh, Davis was injured, for example, he bought Surridge yeah. straight in. You know, other than that, everybody else around it was was you know their positions were pretty much fixed. So that's that's obviously been something that we've had to get used to as fans and and Cooper as a manager as well. He's had to make changes. Sometimes, most of the time, we haven't agreed with those changes. We've often seen the starting line and we thought, how's, how's, how is this supposed to work? What's he thinking here? But I think go, going back to how we... This, this break has to have done us some good. 
Otherwise, what has he done with this four or five weeks with with a majority of the squad? Let's let's be fair. Majority of the squad stayed behind. You know, they had a little break, and which which they needed. They definitely needed because uh, the truncated uh, preseason because of the World Cup break in between. You know, didn't give the players enough rest time. Didn't even give the manager a break. You know, he's gone. He even said himself he he was looking to get a week off in between starting back. And after such a that was a stressful season for all of us as fans. Yeah. So imagine exactly. how it was for yeah. the players and the coaching staff involved. So they needed that break. And I hope it's done them the world of good. And that's why I predict that this um, World Cup break would actually be- benefit us. And let's hope it has done that case. Because he, he's now, the excuses have got to, are starting, going to be starting to wear thin that he's not had time with the players. He's, he's, he's not had the time to bed them in, get to know them. He's had plenty of time now, so let's hope that uh, we see it in these friendlies as well. We see some uh, idea of how we're going to be going forward for the rest of the season, and that's what we need some see some glimmers of hope going in. Have, have, we, got, have, have we got any players still at the World Cup, or are they all back now? No, they're all done now. Yeah. They're all done. Broiler was the last one. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've, you've raised a cracking point because he's had these few weeks with the players, with the majority of the squad. I think, I mean, he went about eight that are in the squad. And then we've got obviously got the loanies as well. And that's why I feel that looking at this Olympiacos game and the Valencia game, I, I, yes, we don't need to win it. But for me, a performance where I can see some gelling. Definitely. Because in that Luff, not the Loughborough match, it was that Luff, in the Stoke match, yeah. It it just looked like it was preseason Coventry all over again, you know. Right. So I'm I'm really excited and nervous for this Valencia game on for the Olympiacos game. Sorry, on Saturday, yeah. to see how we look. What's the who's he playing? What's the formation? Because surely these are going to be indicators. I think Ant, you mentioned it earlier that he needs to start putting out the eleven that's going to go to the team. Not like he did in this summer where he was showcasing Lyle Taylor out to go for, you know, alone, and he's still bloody here. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm nervous. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what might help us as well, and I don't know this, I could be wrong, but knowing the Olympiacos fans as I do, I mm. imagine that it'll be a pretty big crowd and a pretty big atmosphere there. So that must help the players to get into the groove, if you know what I mean. It's very, it's very difficult when you're playing at Loughborough University, no matter what player you are, to get yourself up for that, to be honest. And the freezing cold as well. Yeah. Freezing cold, yeah. But to be playing in the cauldron that is the Olympiacos game uh, ground, I think might you know get the players up a bit. We might see a bit mm. of what we're hoping to see going forward. Okay, boys, I think we'll wrap the podcast up here for this episode. We've covered quite a lot of topics and a lot for the listeners to get their teeth into. I want to thank the listeners for tuning in and staying until the end. Please don't forget to hit that follow button on either your Spotify, Apple or Google podcast page. And if you'd be kind enough to give us a five star review, it will really help us grow this podcast and make sure it gets out to more fans. Hit the notification button as well to get the alerts for our next podcast. And finally, if you're struggling for stocking fillers this festive season, then please pop along to the Essence store on eBay, where you can find a scent sample to wow your friends and your family this Christmas. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll finish off by saying, come on you Reds, have a good night. <laughs>